to the book of Psalm. We're going to Psalm. We're going to Psalm. We're going to Psalm. Amen. Amen. Psalms 55. Psalm 55, verse number 22. <clears throat> Psalm 55, verse number 22. You find these words. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. I want you all to see that for a few minutes. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Also, 1 Peter 5 and 7, very familiar passage of scripture. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Casting all your cares upon him, God for he careth for you. I want to touch you guys just for a little while as the spirit lead from this subject matter. Let God take care of it. Let God take care of it. Let God take care of it. It has been well said that God will never do for us what we can and should do for ourselves. It is true that there are certain and specific things that God expects us to do. And yet I also believe that God knows that we are but human flesh and that we therefore have weaknesses, shortcomings, failures, limitations, deficiencies, and inabilities. And so therefore, he never, never asks us to do more than we are able to do and capable of doing. And that is all he expects us to do. He himself, God, wants to do the impossible. And how many of y'all know that we serve a God that can do the impossible? In fact, scripture says, with men it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. When facing an extreme or impossible situation, many has often gotten themselves into deep trouble simply because they would not allow God to take care of it. They have often created a big mess simply because, simply because they would not allow God to take care of their situation. They have often caused a lot of heartache and sorrow for themselves simply because they would not allow God to take care of the problem. They have often been overcome by Satan simply because they would not allow God to take care of their difficulty. They've often become a great disappointment to themselves as well as others simply because they would not allow God to handle things. 
Many people have often gone to an early grave simply because they did not allow God to intervene for them. Many Christians, many believers have all too often simply given up and turned back in the day of battle because they failed to allow God to work on their behalf. But how many of you all know this is not the day? This is not the time to turn back now. I think it's all of our testimony. God's been too good to us. <laughs> Somebody ought to say, God's been too good to me. Uh, yeah, even in the midst of everything we've had to go through and what we've had to experience, God's been too good to all of us. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time to be weary in well-doing because we know that we shall reap if we faint not. And all too often we end up exhausting ourselves because we refuse to ask for God's help. We try everything humanly possible before we allow God to help us. We wait until we fall beneath the burden before we lean on his everlasting arms. We seem to want to prove our own limitations before uh, we are willing to reach out to God. Most people must suffer defeat before they come to the place of putting their trust and their confidence in God. A lot of people have to hit rock bottom, hallelujah, before they allow God to take over their lives. And too often we insist on doing it our way until our way proves to be the wrong way before we allow God to have his way. But somebody ought to say, Lord, have your way. And no wonder so many Christians become depressed and discouraged and defeated by their circumstances. Well, how, how, how we need to realize that it is when we endeavor to do that which only God can do. And how many of y'all know there are just some things that only God can do? It don't matter who you know. don't matter how much money you have. It don't matter your educational level. There are just some things that only God can do. And what happens is when we don't realize that, we cause our burdens to become unbearable. Our crises become uncontrollable. Our enemies become unconquerable. The, the demands of life becomes unreasonable. And the pitfalls we discovered become unavoidable. And our goals become, become unobtainable. And, and it's no small wonder then, after all of that, that the results become undesirable. But I need y'all to know that there's a few things that we yet need to learn. We must, we must, it's imperative that we must acknowledge our limitations and when we have reached them, we need to allow God to take over. We have to acknowledge our failures. And, and when we have made one or two, we need to allow God to handle it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but we must acknowledge our weaknesses. 
you're not strong 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have to acknowledge our weaknesses. And when we encounter them, we need to allow God to help us. We have to acknowledge our impossibilities. And when we face them, we need to allow God to work on our behalf. How many of you all know that God is still at work? Hallelujah. I say God works full time. God didn't get furloughed. God didn't lose his job. God works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, according to our time. We need to acknowledge our shortcomings. And when they appear, we need to trust God to make up the difference. And as believers, as believers, we must learn to acknowledge our inabilities and then allow God to overshadow them with his great authority and power. It's not wrong with admitting that I'm not he man and you're not he woman. The fact of the matter is, without God, we could do nothing. Without God, we would fail. Without God, we would be drifted like a ship without a sail. Somebody said it like this. I'm going to take my time and preach. Somebody said, without God, is like a school without teachers. Being without God is like a cafe without a stove. Being without God is like a gardener without a lawnmower. Being without God is like a blind person without a seeing eye dog. In other words, being without God, we can do absolutely nothing. Fact of the matter is, it's in him that we live, move, and have our very beings. So take your weaknesses, take your impossibilities, take your shortcomings, take your inabilities, take them all to the Lord and leave them there. Well, you know, when you look at Bible history, let me preach a little Bible now for a few moments. When you look at Bible history, all throughout the Bible, you will see different individuals and different groups that had to put it into God's hand and allow God to take care of it. When the Israelites route of escape from Egypt and Pharaoh's army was blocked by the Red Sea, Moses, he let God take care of it. And guess what? God did it for him. When Joseph could not understand why he had been betrayed by his brothers and was sold into slavery, he decided to allow God to take care of it. And somebody ought to say God did it. When Jacob was afraid to face his brother Esau for fear Esau might try to kill him, he decided to allow God to take care of it. When Gideon realized that the, that the enemy army of the Midianites outnumbered his own 300-man army by far, he decided to allow God to take care of it. When Joshua faced the strong fortified walls of the city of Jericho, he realized that there was very little that he could do. So he decided to allow God to take care of it. When David saw just how big and tough the giant Goliath was, 
and how that everybody else was afraid of him. What did Brother David do? Brother David decided to allow God to take care of it. He faced that giant and he told that giant Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Somebody ought to shout in the name of the Lord. When the Israelites complained to Moses that they were tired of that manna and that they wanted meat to eat, Moses decided to allow God to take care of it. And somebody that I'm talking to here today, you're facing a situation. You've already talked about it. You've discussed it many times. And it seems like the more you talk about it, the worse it gets. I come here to encourage your heart today. You ought to just simply let God take care of it. Well, can I stay in the Bible? Can I stay in the Bible? I realize that when I'm in the Bible, I can't go wrong. But when, when you look at the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis, that was when Abraham needed a substitute sacrifice on Mount Moriah in place of his son. Hey, God took care of it. Even though he was being obedient to the word of God, you take your son and your only son, and I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice. You know the story. Read it in the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis. After he got his son up on the mountain, and then he tied him up and laid him on the altar. When he, when he pulled his sword back, the Bible said that he heard a noise in the bush, and it was a ram in the bush. I dare you to keep on trusting God. I dare you to keep being obedient to God's word. I dare you to keep being faithful to God and keep your ears open to God's voice. Somebody, you get ready to hear a noise in the bush. And somebody said, well, I'm allergic to bushes. I don't walk past bushes. I'm not talking about a physical bush. God will speak to you right where you are. I just want to talk to you, but I'm feeling good here right now. God will talk to you right where you are. He'll talk to you when you're in your car. He'll talk to you while you're cooking your bacon in your ways. If you allow your ears to be open to God, I've come here to let somebody know. I can't call your name because I don't know who you are, but I feel it in my spirit. You get ready to hear a noise in the bush. Somebody, you ought to stop right now and say, speak, Lord. You ought to say, speak, Lord. You ought to say, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. We need a word from you. Somebody, you need God to speak to your situation. You need God to speak to your finances. You need God to speak to your household. You need God to speak to that infirmity in your body. I stop right here to let you know, open up your spiritual ears. God's getting ready to send around in the bush. The 18th chapter of the book of 1 Kings, when Elijah needed fire to descend from heaven and consume a water-soaked sacrifice on Mount Carmel, God took care of it. The 6th chapter of 2 Kings, when the bald axe head being used by the prophet fell into the water, God took care of it. 17th chapter of the book of 1 Kings, somebody say, stay in the Bible, pastor. When the widow's meal barrel 
and all crews were nearly dry. God took care of it. When the enemy army had surrounded Elijah in the sixth chapter of the book of 2 Kings, the enemy had surrounded Elijah at Dorothy. But I want you to know God took care of it. Somebody I need you to know, don't worry about your enemy. God's getting ready to take care of them. Matthew, the 17th chapter, when the apostle Peter had come up with some money for his taxes, it was tax time, y'all. And I don't know nobody that's watching me or listening to me that really enjoyed, really enjoyed tax time. It was time for him to pay his property tax. I'm not talking about the tax that some of y'all get a whole lot of money back for. Some of us have to pay. I don't like tax time. I'm glad that they stretched it out a little further. That wasn't nobody but God. Somebody ought to shout, that wasn't nobody but God. Hallelujah. Those that got was getting your money back, you filed on time. But some of us needed a miracle. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. He may not come when you want him to come, but you need to understand that God is always right on time. And he may not work through who you think he should work through. God moves in mysterious ways. His wonders to perform. Notice what he did for Peter. It was tax time and God didn't have Peter do anything out of the ordinary. He said, you just go do what you are accustomed to doing. You're a fisherman. You enjoy going fishing. You go down there to the seashore and you just fish like you normally fish. But I got a miracle waiting on you. Somebody ought to shout, God's got a miracle for me. I don't want you to talk to your neighbor. I want you to talk to yourself. Say, God's got a miracle waiting on me. And I need to know that your miracle, while you searching for it, the Holy Ghost said, God going to give you your miracle right while you're doing what you normally do. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. You ain't got to do nothing spectacular. You ain't going to have to make no special phone calls. You're not going to have to carry nobody's briefcase. God said, I can work a miracle right in your normal day of activity. Well, Peter goes down, Peter goes down. I'm going to have to get my electric piano up here next week. Peter goes down because I feel a whoop coming up and I ain't going to let it come up. Listen, Peter goes down, throw his line in the water, just as he would ordinarily do, and caught a fish. Got ready to take the hook on the fish's mouth. When he opened up the fish's mouth, there was money in the fish's mouth. Hallelujah, enough money to pay his taxes. Don't ask me, don't ask me how the money got in the ocean or wherever he was fishing. Don't ask me, I, I can't tell you because only God can do the impossible. I'm talking to the person right now who's having financial difficulties. I dare you to trust God. My God, don't worry about nothing. God will take care of you. When, when the disciples, my God, was on a storm-tossed sea and uh, the, the storm was getting ready to capsize the disciples' boat, I want you to know God took care of it. And some of y'all, you feel like you're in a storm right now. But I need you to know, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You got God over in your boat. Ah, let God take care of it. My God, let God take care of it. You might feel like you're getting ready to capsize and you feel like you're getting ready to go under. You're not getting ready to go under. 
I come to prophesy, you get ready to go over. You get ready to go over. Because if God said, let's go over to the other side, it don't matter what takes place. You getting ready to go over to the other side. And so the scriptures are filled with situations and difficulties and adverse situations that God took care of it all. Well, my God, in the fourth chapter of the book of Second Kings, we read about a widow woman. And not only was she a widow woman, she lost her husband, of course. But the Bible says she was a poor widow. And I need y'all to understand all widows are not poor. poor. I'm going to move on here. I said all widows are not poor. Some widows make more money than we do. Listen, but all widows are not poor. But the Bible says this widow was a poor widow who needed some means to pay her large debt. But yet all she had was a small pot of oil, but God took care of it. What is God trying to tell us? What God is trying to tell us is that what you have is enough. Somebody, you ought to put that in your spirit. Say, what I have right now. Mm. Say, it's enough. It's enough. You better, you better, you, you better confess it. It is, uh, it's enough. My God, in the 11th chapter of the book of St. John, we read of two sisters, Mary and Martha, who were weeping at the graveside of their brother Lazarus. Lazarus been dead for four days, and guess what? He was stinking. But I need y'all to know God took care of it. And somebody, what do you get out of that today? Somebody you feel you're facing a bad situation. Mm. Somebody said, my situation been longer than four days. My situation, somebody said, been two years, been three years, been 10 years, been 15 years. I need you to understand however long your situation been dead. Jesus came along and said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the only person I know that can raise the dead. And I stop back here to tell you, if you let God take care of it, if you would just only take your hands out of it, if you would just learn how to keep your mouth shut and allow God to take care of it, God, he will raise your dead situation. When you look at the second chapter of the book of St. Mark, we read where four men brought a passing man on a cult, a stretcher, to the house where Jesus was preaching. And it was because of the crowd they had to let him down through the roof to where Jesus was. And guess what? God took care of it. But when you read that text, Jesus healed that man because of the faith of the other four men that lowered him down through the roof. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it's important that our faith remains strong, not just for us. Hallelujah. Somebody else needs your faith, your children. They need your faith, your grandchildren. They need your faith. The Bible never says how much faith this sick man had, but it was because of the faith of the four men that lowered him. God said, I see your faith. I need to know. I need to know. 
know. Let me calm down. I need to know. Who do you need to release your faith for today? I know. I know you have needs of your own. I know you're trying to figure it out, uh, what you're going to do. But I dare you, based upon this word today, I dare you to release your faith in the behalf of of somebody else. Release your faith in behalf of somebody else's miracle, somebody else's breakthrough, somebody else's finances. I dare you to release your faith in behalf of somebody else because here's one thing that I do know is that when you release your faith, hallelujah, in behalf of somebody else, that's the time that God turns around and he blesses you. In the ninth chapter of the book of St. Mark, we read that the disciples encountered a difficult case of demon possession and felt helpless to deal with it. But Jesus took care of it. Did you all know the devil is busy nowadays? Folk are acting up that it never acted up before. Folk are doing some stuff that they've never done before. It's not them. It's not them. It's that spirit that's inside of them. But I want you to know God will take care of it. The 14th chapter of the book of St. Matthew, we read that when a multitude of thousands were hungry, yet only five loaves and two fishes could be found. Jesus took care of it. And guess what? When he got through taking care of it, they had leftovers. Somebody else shot leftovers. Uh, I got a confession to make. I got a confession to make. I used to didn't eat leftovers, uh, not because I thought I was too good or anything, but I just did not like leftovers. Uh, but this pandemic, my God, I enjoy leftovers better than I do the original meal because what I discovered with the leftovers, uh, many times the leftovers takes better than the original meal. My God, what do you learn about leftovers? When you put the leftovers in the refrigerator, I'm helping somebody now. It allows the seasoning to soak in more. Y'all ain't gonna help me. Y'all ain't gonna help me. And then when you put it in the microwave and you warm it back up, you say, mm, this tastes much better than it did when I first cooked. Well, let me give you a spiritual implication in regards to that. God said that, my God, your leftovers going to be better. He said, I can do more with your leftovers than you can do with the original meal. Well, somebody would say, somebody would say, my time is almost gone. Let me move on here. Somebody would say, well, Pastor, why should we allow God to take care of our impossible situations? Well, because first of all, nothing is too big for God to handle. And then God will not, I can promise you, God will not make a mess of things. And God can when nobody else can. And guess what? God knows how. Even in the most complex situations, God is ready to. And God wants to help us. God never makes even the slightest mistakes because it is no secret what God can do for what God has done for others. Guess what? He can do the same thing for you. Somebody say, preach pastor. Say, preach pastor. Now, I don't want y'all to misunderstand me. Please don't misunderstand me. Let me clarify this now. I'm not saying that medicine is not of God. I'm not saying that. 
hallelujah, that doctors are contrary to God's way. I'm not saying that lawyers have no purpose. I'm not saying that counselors cannot be used by God. I'm not saying that law officials have no place in this. I'm not saying that surgeons have no place in our society. I'm not saying that all uh, all trained profession is outside of God's perfect will. That's not what I'm saying. Because God can and he often does use any and all of these. But God can also do all that needs to be accomplished if he so desire without the help of anybody. I believe that God likes to use individuals and he works through talents and uh, their knowledge and their ability. But sometimes and people can get in God's way and can interfere with what God is wanting to do. There are specific times when God chooses to reveal his power. There are times that God wants to reveal his glory. There are times when God wants us to know and realize, yeah, I feel like preaching, that he wants us to know and realize that I'm God all by myself. Somebody ought to declare he's God all by himself. Yeah, it's important to remember that with God, it may not happen when you expect it to happen. With God, it may not happen how you expect it to happen. It might not happen where you expect it to happen. If we could just learn to allow God to take care of it, just let God take care of it. Somebody get something in your hand and wave it so I can see you and say, let God take care of it. Let God, let God. Let Somebody say, come on, say, let God, let God. Y'all just think you waving, but a miracle's coming into your house because you getting ready, whether you know it or not, you getting ready to let God in the wave. That's a declaration. You know what you're saying when I told you to wave? Keep waving. I didn't tell you to stop. My God, my God, because when you wave, you're saying, God, I surrender all. Somebody ought to say, Lord, I surrender all. Hey, you might have made a mess out of it, but God, I surrender all. I surrender all. And uh, I'm getting ready. You can stop now. I'm getting ready to allow God to take care of it. If we could just learn to allow him to take care of it, it would eliminate a lot of our worries. It would bring healing to a lot of our ulcers. Come on here. It would put a halt to a lot of our frustrations. It would, my God, then eliminate a lot of our sicknesses. Some of us, if we just turn it over to the Lord, we'd be able to go to sleep tonight. I want y'all tonight, I want you tonight to go to bed and I want you to go to sleep. Everybody say, go to sleep. Now, he never sleep. He never slumber. You might as well go to sleep because he's up all night long anyway. Uh, it, it, it would help us relieve some of this personal stress if we just only allow God to take care of it. It could eliminate a lot of family and marital problems and heartaches if we would just only, I don't know who I'm talking to, but let God take care of it and tell me, 
tell me who couldn't do a lot better without all of these things. Come on here, be honest. You could do a whole lot better without all of these things if we could only learn to allow God to take care of it. I think the divorce, that the divorce rate would go down if we just let God take care of it. I think the acts of revenge would decrease. I think harsh words would not be spoken so often. I think the element of fear would be greatly reduced. I think that we could get along with each other if we just allow God to take care of it. If only we could put it in God's hand, all in his hand. I put it all in his hand. If we could just learn to put it in God's hand and leave it there, for God will take care of it. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. Brother Marcus, this is my hooping point right here, but I'm going to just talk it out. My God, don't worry about what you're going through. God will take care of you. Let me close by simply finishing off with this. If your burden is too heavy for you to bear right now, put it in God's hand. Let God take care of it. If your battle is too fierce for you, can I encourage you, put it in God's hand. If your problem is too complicated, put it in God's hand. I promise you, God will solve your problem if your difficulties are too hard for you to handle, if your pain is too severe for you to cope with right now. Put it in God's hand. If your, if your sorrow is too deep for you to overcome, you say, God, I'm trying to come up out of this, but I just can't. Guess what? I know you can, but I dare you to just put it in God's hand. If your life is too complex for you to figure it out, just put it in God's hand. So I say, preach, Pastor. If, uh, if you're worried about your past, put it in his hand. If you're fearful for your future, put it in his hand. My God, if your present is messing you up, put it in his hand. If you're frustrated over your handicaps, put them in God's hand. If you are discouraged over your circumstances, you're perplexed over your disappointments, you're depressed by your job situation, I dare you to put it in God's hand, and I promise you that God will take care of it, whatever it may be that's bothering you right now. Please listen to me, listen to me. If it's bothering you right now, why not allow God to just simply take care of it? Cast your cares upon the Lord. He cares for you. God promised in his word that my God shall supply every need according to his riches up in glory. Put it in, somebody say, put it in his hand, put it in his hand. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding in all thy ways. God will, he will 
you direct your path. Can I close with uh, Philippians 4 and 6? It says, be careful for nothing, but uh, hey, in everything. Somebody shout everything, everything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, uh, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. Can I help somebody before you ask God for anything? After you place it in his hand, before you ask God for anything, you ought to thank him. I'm wondering, is there anybody that got to thank you? My God, let me quit. Is there anybody that have a thank you down on the inside? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your tender mercy. Thank you because, look, I'm closed and I'm in my right mind. Thank you. No, I'm not going to do it. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for all. Come on, come on. Put those hands together and say, thank God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank God I'm where I'm at right now during this time because, God, I thank you that I'm able to lean on you. I'm able to depend on you. I'm able to trust you, God. I just won't. I just, come on, I need to thank you. Somebody unmute they might and just tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank
don't care what you're going through. God, we say thank you for everything that you've done. We can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough. God, we're not going to ask you for nothing right now. You already know what we need. We just want to say thank you with prayer and supplication and with thanksgiving. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for what you're getting ready to do. We put it all in your hand. We're going to trust you. We're not going to doubt. We're not going to worry. But we're going to trust in you. And God, we say thank you. If there's a sinner that's watching, whether it be through Zoom or Facebook or any other streaming, I want you to know you need to put your life into the hands of God. Admit that you are a sinner. Believe he's a son of God. He died, they buried him, he rose on the third day, and that he's coming back again for you. He said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your unrighteousness. You can become a part of God's family, a part of God's family today. This is not church membership, this is becoming a part of the family of God. You can become a part of the family of God. Now, God, I thank you. And I pray, God, that if there's one that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior, they cannot come unless you draw them. God, I pray you draw them before it's too late. There may be somebody today, God, that said, I'm going to put it all into your hands. They may say the life of sin too long I've wrong. But God, I got to come home now because I recognize the fact that all souls belong to you. And if you're that sinner man or you that sinner woman, just ask God to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to wash you. Ask him to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And right where you are, just confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And he said, when you do that, you are saved. And if you made that decision today, and if you believe in your heart today and you've confessed your sins to him today, I want you to let us know. I need you to let us know. You can go to our email, greaterstlouis, at yahoo.com, and just let us know that, hey, 
I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and as my Lord today. God bless you all. May heaven shine on you. Give God a hand clap. Give God a hand clap. Amen. Give God a hand clap.